The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I must have not been paying attention. I do not want to be here today. Hey, I take that personally, sir. Even though I did get some sleep last night, I've got about 40 more hours to catch up on. There's no such thing as catching up on sleep. It's, it's a fast. It is, yep. Just take it as a loss. No, yep. All right, thanks for coming, kids. Good night. <laughs> I think an election happened. There was some results. Yeah, stuff that's, happened. Yep. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> Man, people in New Hampshire really love killing their babies. They love killing their babies. They love it. They'd rather kill their babies. To them, it's in New Hampshire, it's more important to kill your baby than gas prices, the education your kids are having, all the price of groceries. You're just looking for friends today, I'm pi- huh? Listen, listen, I'm pissing <laughs> everyone off today. When I'm done, Democrats are going to hate me, Republicans are going to hate me, and Libertarians already hate me, so it doesn't really matter. Screw all he is is my position. That's what it is now. I'm done. All right, everybody do the ba-ba-ba's. Boy, you. I know. Just make the best of it. <laughs> Been sick for the last three days too. On top, on top of not getting any sleep, going full time through the election, going full time to get a paper out today for 5 a.m. No sleep, sick. Organizing the mayor's Christmas party, which we're going to talk about in a second. My body's just like, what the hell are you doing to me? Although I am down to five cigarettes a day, so I guess that's pretty good. Starring you and I. Yeah. All right, a little better, but not much. No, you're All right. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Take the win where you yeah. can get yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. All okay. right, hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast, although I don't know why. Hi, it's Tom. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We're going to go over all of the election stuff today. I'm, I've got some really, I've got some really harsh messages for a lot of people. And I, as I said at the top of the show, I think by the end of this show, everyone's going to hate me. And you, don't, you honestly, I really don't care anymore. Like I'm done. I'm done trying to like please people. I'm done. I'm done defending things that maybe shouldn't be defended. I'm just done with all of it. So you're going to get the unbridled truth today. And um, Uh-oh, people don't like that. Yeah, no, you might not Ugh. like that at all. But uh, you're going to get it today, whether you like it or not. And then who knows? Maybe we'll have like two listeners by tomorrow by next week. Uh, before I start, though, I want to. Um, Announce. I was going to do it last week, but um, we had that debate and um, just didn't have time to do it. So um, I was in Lawrence Mayor Brian DePena's office two weeks ago. He's a wonderful mayor, great mayor, 
wonderful human being too on top. Like it's very hard for me to look at any politician and go, that's a good person because most of them are really kind of scummy. Even if you agree with them and you kind of like them as people, they're really kind of not nice people, most of them. Most of them will stab their mother in the back to get a vote or to pick up a dime off the, off mm-hmm. the uh, sidewalk. <coughs> I try not to do that through the whole show. Um, but we were up in the mayor's office. We were talking about homeless stuff, and, and we're going over. Um, we're trying, I'm still trying very hard to get the police scanner unencrypted. And between you and I, like, don't tell anybody because Roy Vasco fucking loses his mind. But we're like 80% there. Like, I think, like, by... by by Feb, by the bash in March, I think we'll, we'll, we will have accomplished Ooh. getting this scanner back back up to a public channel. Don't tell anybody. But don't be, please don't, don't listen. I'm, I, the guy's already yelled at me once in the last <laughs> month. I don't need any more. Um, but uh, we were sitting around, we were talking about all this stuff, and we're getting all this city business stuff done. And the mayor turned to me like, it, it, like there was like a lull in the conversation. He turned to me and he said, "You know what, Tom? And I'll try. I, I would try to do it in his voice, but because I'm <laughs> sick, I can't do his voice when I feel like this. But he's like, Tommy." Tommy, I love your bash. I just want to tell you again how much I love your charity bash. And what I really love about it is that 100% of what people donate to the scholarships goes directly to the kid. He said, why don't, why don't you let me run a Christmas party and give 50% of the proceeds to your Valley Patriot scholarships for the Lawrence High School Junior ROTC recipient for next year? Wow. And I was like, this guy just became mayor. And everybody is trying to get his attention. Everybody's sucking up, sucking, sucking up to him. Everybody's kissing his ass. If he runs a Christmas party, everyone on the planet is going to show up yeah. because he's the new mayor and everybody's trying to curry favor with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like this could actually be a great thing. And then I thought like, okay, he's just saying that, right? So I said, well, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's almost November and you're not going to really have time to organize it. Maybe for next year, he said, no, no, no. If you can get the firefighters' relief in for the 8th of December, uh, my schedule is clear that night, we will have a Christmas party and we will donate half the, half the proceeds to uh, the Valley Patriot Charity Bash's Lawrence High School Scholarship. So I was just so excited and I, I got together with a bunch of people, including Julio Mejia, who worked on the mayor's campaign, Octavian uh, Spanner, who worked on the mayor's campaign, um, Nelson, who works in the mayor's office, and by the way, Nelson, hi, Nelson, uh, what a great guy. He's one of the like least controversial people, doesn't get involved in any of the political stuff, just kind of does his job every day, doesn't get any glory, never gets thanked for anything, so thank you, Nelson, for what you do. And we all kind of sat around and put together um, the, the draft of how we're going to do this Christmas party and how we're going to try and make as much money as we can for the scholarship kids for the bash. Now, the bash is going to be March 31st the last Friday in March at the Firefighters Relief Inn. The Mayor's Christmas Party is December 8th. It's like in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So we've got three weeks to organize this thing, and I still think because he's the new mayor, we're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, there's going to be a meeting in my office tonight. If you're watching this live, it's Thursday, November 10th. So if you're watching this live, Thursday, November 10th, there's going to be a meeting in my office tonight at 6 o'clock. Me and Julio and anybody else that wants to show up, we're going to draft the, the uh, Eventbrite page in English and in Spanish. We're going to draft the invitations, and we're going to try and put some mailing lists together. So if you'd like to join us, please do that. Okay. Um, before I get to anything else, and we are going to talk a lot about the elections, I, I, have to, I, I think I'm done with Donald Trump. Now, all my, all my Trump friends, I know you're going to be really pissed off. It was, everyone's going to hate me today, but it's just the way that it's got to be. I think I'm done with Donald Trump. I stuck with this guy through 
the accusations of racism. I stuck with this guy through the accusations of him being a fascist. I stuck with him through two bogus impeachments. I stuck with him through all the bogus media stories. I stuck with him through what he did to Jeff Sessions, which I think was probably the worst thing that he did as as president. Um, he has no fucking loyalty whatsoever to anybody but himself. And I love his policies. I like his personality. What I like about him is probably everything that the left hates about him. Um, I love the fact that he pisses off the left and he makes them absolutely batshit crazy. Like you mentioned Donald Trump's name in a group of like uh, assorted people and at least two, three people are just going to lose their, lose their shit, right? I stuck with him through all of it. I stuck with him through the so-called insurrection. I stuck with him through all of it. But now, now, after sticking through him with all of that, after being loyal to him through all of that, he's now publicly attacking Ron DeSantis. And I'm sorry, but Ron DeSantis is the greatest governor in the history of, of the United States. Ron DeSantis is awesome. Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump without the bullshit personality, without the disloyalty. He starts attacking Ron DeSantis and then two days before an election. Two days before Ron DeSantis, he's on the ballot. He's on the ballot to, be, to run for re-election for governor of, of Florida. And two days before the, before the election, two days before a national election, Donald Trump goes out and throws a shot at him publicly, which hurts every Republican on the ballot, every single one of them, every single one. So I was like, you know what? It, maybe it's a one-off, but if he does that again, I'm, I'm done. And I really meant it. And I posted it on Facebook. If he does this again, I'm done. And all my Trump friends are instant messaging me, come on, Tom, listen, we got to get him back in. No, we don't have to get him back in. I'm done. He's going to run for re-election. He's going to announce it next week that he's going to run for president. I, I don't think I can support him. I, I just I don't think I can support him. I, I just don't. Listen, even if he runs and he wins, what we're going to get is four years of what we had last time. The Democrats are going to impeach him for picking up a pencil the wrong way. They're going to, they're going to yell and scream that uh, they, he went to a, an ice cream party and everybody got one scoop, but he got two. Uh, you're going to have everything he tries to do is going to be usurped by permanent Washington. He's going to try and build the wall, and they're going to, they're going to throw roadblocks in his way. He's going to try and pass a budget, and they're going to throw roadblocks in his way. And please don't tell me, no, that won't happen if there's Republicans in charge of Congress. Because Trump's first two years, Republicans had the House and the Senate. And they still couldn't build a fucking wall. They still couldn't fix our education system. They had both houses and the presidency. And it was the Republicans, it was the Paul Ryans and the Mitch McConnells who stood in his way. So I don't think even if he gets elected, he's going to be able to do anything. And given the way he's treating Ron DeSantis at this point, I really think Ron DeSantis should be the guy that's going to be the next president. I just, I just do. And I'm going to stick with Ron DeSantis. And I have been loyal to Donald Trump because I love his message. I love his policies. The, the red flags went off like really early in his administration when he screwed Jeff Sessions as FBI direct, as uh, DOJ director. Jeff Sessions cried. This guy was, this guy, uh, was a, an Alabama senator who was the very first uh, national official to endorse Donald Trump in the primary the first time he ran. He stuck with Donald Trump as I did through all the bullshit. And then when he said, I have to recuse myself because of the Mueller investigation, because I worked on the Trump campaign and it's just the right thing to do. 
Donald Trump didn't just fire him. He publicly humiliated him. He publicly humiliated this guy and his family and his supporters, and it was just wrong. It really bothered me when he did it, and it still bothers me today. But, but I overlooked it because he was president. He was doing good things. We want to stop the illegal immigration. I want to, I, I want to have lower taxes. I want to have a booming economy. I want lower gas prices, and this is the guy that was giving it to us. But now I'm done. I'm just done because he just did to Ron DeSantis what he did to Jeff Sessions. And if he gets in, he's going to keep doing it because Donald Trump, for all of the great things that I think he has done, Donald Trump literally only fucking cares about himself. And it's the one thing that Democrats were right about this guy from day one. They're wrong about 90% of everything else they said about him. The guy's not a racist. He's not a fascist. He doesn't hate Jews. He's got grandchildren that are Jews. He was celebrated by the black community all over the country before he ran for president. None of those things were true. But the one thing that Democrats and the media had right, this guy is so self-centered and selfish that all he sees is himself. And now he's being destructive with that behavior and he's being destructive to his own party. And I'm just done. I'm just out. So I hope Ron DeSantis runs. If Trump runs, not, not voting for him. If Pence runs and it's Pence versus Donald Trump, I'll vote for, I'll, I'll vote for Pence. I'm done. And listen... If a guy like me is done with Donald Trump, you have to imagine there's a whole lot of other people across the country who feel the same way. There's a whole lot of other people who love Donald Trump, and I do. I love Donald Trump, but I'm just done with the shenanigans. I'm done with the selfishness. I'm done with screw everybody else. I want what I want, and that's just it. I'm just done. So save the hate mail, although if you want to send me hate mail, that's fine, but save the hate mail if you're a right-winger, if you're a Donald Trump supporter. You're not going to convince me otherwise. It's just not going to happen. All right. Um, what else do we have? So before we get to some of the results, um, I, I, there's one more thing I want to I address. No, you know what? I'll do this later. So let's go to some of the results. First of all, it's, it's really amazing. It's really, it's really, maybe amazing is the wrong word. It's really amusing. Maybe that's a better word. That if the, Demo- if the Republicans came out and said, it's sunny out today. CNN, the media, and the Democrats would say, but not in China. It's raining in China today, you know, so it's not sunny. I mean, what he said was just totally wrong. No matter what one side says, the other side, no matter how true it is, no matter how provably true it is, the other side's going to come out and they're going to say, no, that's not true. So we were expecting what they were calling a red wave on election day, that the majority of the Democrats were going to get swamped by Republicans. That Republicans are going to take the House, most likely take the Senate, most likely take most of the governor's seats, the contested governor's seats anyways, the ones that were hotly contested. And that, that did happen. It did happen. You had the House has gone from Democrat to Republican, and the Senate is one vote away from going from Democrat to Republican. There's going to be a runoff election in Georgia, and whoever wins that seat is going to determine who controls the Senate. The Democrats controlled everything up until Election Day, everything. The White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. They had it all, and they lost it. That's a red wave. Now, all all we've seen, because the Republicans predicted they were going to win by 60 seats and they won by 12, CNN and the Democrats come out and say, hey, wait a minute, it's not a a red wave, it's a red trickle. They they try to get clever. It's a a red mirage. They try to find something else to say that will be catchy that other people will then mindlessly repeat even though they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. 
And so all day yesterday we heard on CNN, and it wasn't a red wave. It wasn't a red trickle. It was a red puddle. It was a red mirage trying so hard. But no, no, I'm sorry. Facts are what they are. The Democrats lost the House, period. You lost it. And that's not disputed. You're about to lose the Senate, and I really believe you are going to lose the Senate, but even if you don't, you hold on to the Senate by one vote. That's a red wave. Sorry, it is. Almost all of the hotly contested governor's races went to Republicans. Stacey Abrams lost in Georgia. Beto O'Rourke lost in Texas, who was projected to win, by the way. Even in Arizona, Carrie Lake looks like she's going to meet, beat Katie Hobbs, who I have a total crush on, by the way. Total crush on Katie Hobbs. It's that like little girl voice of hers. Every time she talks, I want to marry her. Um, but, but that was really hotly contested. And going into yesterday, Katie Hobbs was still up by about 6%. I'm sorry, it was six-tenths of 1%. It was six-tenths of 1% that she was up as of yesterday. Now I believe she's down. They've counted all of the mail-in ballots, and they're still counting in some of the Republican counties, but it looks like Carrie Lake's going to win that one too. So please don't insult our intelligence and say it wasn't a red wave just because Republicans said it would be a red wave, and Republicans said it would be by 65 seats, but they didn't win by that much. So now you say no, it was Meathead, Rob Reiner, actually, like the dumbest person on the face of the earth. Like, I know retarded people who are smarter than this guy. Went on, fa- went on Twitter the night of the election and said, this is a big win for the Democrats. It's a blue wave. What? Like, is that what happens when you guys lose? You just convince yourself you won? Is that where we are now in politics? So I just want to clear that up. It was a red wave. It wasn't as big of a wave as everybody thought it was going to be. But the Democrats don't control the House. That's huge. And they may not control the Senate which is even more huge because if Republicans take the Senate and somebody on the Supreme Court dies, Biden's not going to get his pick through. And that's what it's really going to come down to in, in, the, in, the, uh, state, in the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Massachusetts. Oh, boy. I'm trying really hard here. In Massachusetts, it's time for the Massachusetts Republican Party to wake up. It's time for the Massachusetts Republican Party to shift directions, maybe even change leadership. I hate to say it. Jim Lyons is like one of my best friends in the world. I love that guy to death. If he called me at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, I'm stuck in Connecticut, can you come get me? I'd get in my car and I'd go get him because I love that guy. But boy, did he screw the pooch on this one. He really did. And it's really not even so much Jim Lyons, who's president of the Massachusetts Republican Party. It's the people around him. It's the Ted Tripps of the world who just don't get it. They still think it's 1985. They still think it's 1990. The Republican Party in Massachusetts had a chance between Chris Doty and Jeff Deal. Those were the two people in the Republican primary that were running for governor. We had both of them on the show. Now, I'm not friends with Chris Doty. I'm actually friends with Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal has come to our bash. He's given us us money for our scholarships. He's bought ads in the Valley Patriot, and and he's a friend. Like We talk to each other outside politics. So it gives me no pleasure to say this, but I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. Because everyone else is afraid to say it in the Republican Party. And since I'm not a Republican anymore, I guess it falls on me. It's time for the mass GOP to wake the fuck up. It's time for Jim Lyons to either change strategy or step aside. Because you guys had a chance. Chris Doty was a moderate Republican who doesn't care if you kill your babies. He came here and he said, I really don't care about abortion. We already have it enshrined in our constitution in Massachusetts. I'm not going to fight to change it. 
I don't really care. I want to talk about the economy. Jeff Deal came in and within five minutes started talking about how pro-life he is. Now, I'm pro-life, so I'm not attacking him because I disagree with his position on abortion. I'm, I'm actually more pro-life than Jeff Deal is. Jeff Deal makes exceptions for rape and incest. I don't. Personally, I don't think we should be punishing the baby because of the circumstances of their conception. And maybe you disagree, that's fine. But I want you to understand where I'm coming from, that I'm not attacking Jeff, and I'm not going against Jeff or speaking bad about Jeff because I disagree with him on the issue. I agree with him on the issue. But you're in Massachusetts, for Christ's sake. You're in a state that is two-thirds Democrat. They vote two-thirds Democrat, period. So the, the Mass GOP had a chance. They had a guy that could beat Maura Healy and a guy that had absolutely zero shot at beating Maura Healy. And they said, no, no, we have to go, we have to go with our principles. We have to go with our principles, Tom. Tom, we have to have our integrity intact. We want to look ourselves in the mirror the day after the election and know we did the right thing. Well, that strategy is a failure. It's always been a failure, and it's always going to be a failure, period. You had a chance, and you nominated Jeff Deal, and you knew he couldn't win. You knew. I knew. The Democrats knew. The Republicans knew. The Independents knew. People in Nebraska knew that Jeff Deal had zero shot. Because he's a, he's a pro-life Republican who has the endorsement of Donald Trump in a state like Massachusetts. He never had a shot. And you nominated him anyway. And I know that the Mass Republican Party, the people who run the party, they're good people. But they seem to think that there's some kind of an honor. That there's some kind of honor and glory in going down with the ship and standing on your principles. There isn't. There's only failure. Because not only did Jeff Deal lose, all of your down-ballot uh, state rep races lost. Joe Finn sat here last week with Adrian Campbell. Joe Finn was the Republican. Adrian Campbell was the uh, Campbell, it's not Campbell. Adrian Ramos. Adrian Ramos and Joe Finn sat here last week and they had a debate. By the way, thank you to both of them for coming. I really believed that Joe Finn had this completely and totally locked up. He started knocking doors in April. Everywhere I drove, in Groveland, in Boxford, in West Newberry, when I'm out delivering newspapers, Joe Finn signs on every second lawn. There's no way this guy could have lost, but he did, and he lost big. He only won two precincts. There were two precincts in Boxford that he won. He lost everything else, including his hometown and his home precinct in North Andover. How does that happen? Because Jeff Deal was at the top of the ticket. And Jeff Deal was talking about doing away with abortion. Jeff Deal was talking about being pro-life. Jeff Deal got hammered, as I predicted he would before the primary. Every TV commercial was Jeff Deal's going to take your abortion right away, and he's endorsed by Donald Trump. And it doesn't matter what you say after that, that's a, fail, that, that, that's a winning strategy for the Democrats. And it hurt Joe Finn, who lost. And by the way, Lenny Mera who easily should have won his seat by over 1,500 votes, if you do any kind of election math at all. And we did. We did all the math before the election. Lenny should have had an easy walk, an easy walk. He was down 643 votes going into rally on election night. When they counted the rally votes, he's up by 83 votes. There are still 170 votes to count in mail-in votes. So he's up by 83 there are 170 votes to count. He can still lose. A guy like Lenny Mira, who is who is he supported Chris Doty. He's a moderate Republican. He doesn't care about the abortion issue. He doesn't care about the about the social issues. 
This is a guy who's about to, who very well could lose. Now, maybe he pulls it off, but if he pulls it off, then you're going to have a recount because he's going to win by less than 200 votes. So he could end up losing another recount. So seriously, what Jim Lyons and the Mass GOP did was screw the entire Republican Party. Now, this was his strategy, and it sounded good at the time. His strategy was we're going to put a, a ballot measure on the ballot in Massachusetts, and it's going to be to whether or not illegal aliens should have driver's licenses. By right, that should have that should have Massachusetts voters should have said no. Massachusetts voters should have said no to driver's licenses for illegal aliens. But it's Massachusetts, and you had Jeff Deal at the top of the ticket. So it brought out all of those anti-Republican, pro-abortion activists and young people who went D straight down the ticket and then voted to give illegal aliens licenses. Jim Lyons thought that if we have this ballot question, it's going to bring out all of these people who don't want illegal aliens to have licenses, and they're going to vote for our candidates. They're going to vote for our Republican candidates. It didn't happen. So now that it didn't happen, now that you've lost seats in the House— now that you, you may actually even lose Lenny Mera, who's like seriously the most liberal Republican you could find in Massachusetts. I think it's time for the Republican Party to circle the wagons and stop shooting in. Circle the wagons and start shooting out. It's time to change. I think it's time to change the Massachusetts Republican Party uh, leadership. Unless they can change course, and I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any indication that they're going to change course. The, the Mass Republican Party should be doing what the Mass Democrat Party does. If you're a Democrat and you show up at any any event, and you're a Democrat and you've never run for office and you're not involved in any campaign, some Democrat's going to come over and walk over to you and hand you their card and say, "What can we do for you?" Would you like to be on the library board of trustees? Would you like to be on the finance committee in your town? Would you like to be on your local school committee? We'll run your campaign and we'll help you. And they build a farm team. That's why the Massachusetts Democrat Party is so strong in Massachusetts. Because they build a farm team. They put people into all kinds of political, powerful positions at the local level. And then when state rep positions come available... They tap into their farm team. They go, oh, well, look, we got so-and-so on the board of selectmen in North Andover. He's been there for eight years. He tops the ticket. The North Andover state rep position's open. We're going to run that guy. And that guy usually wins. What do the Republicans do? You're not pure enough? We're not going to be with you. What did they do when Scott Brown ran against Elizabeth Warren? They stayed the fuck home. They did. I went to every single Tea Party meeting when Christine Morabito was head of the Greater Boston Tea Party. I went to every single Tea Party meeting across the state. I spoke at over 300 Tea Party meetings begging people to vote for, for Scott Brown. You know what the answer that I got at every single meeting was? He's for abortion. We're not going to support him. He's for abortion. Look, I'm pro-life too. But you've got a choice between a guy that's for abortion in the first trimester or someone who wants abortion on demand up to third grade. What would you rather have? Do you know what their answer was to me? And specifically, I remember at the Worcester Tea Party, them telling me this. No, no, we'd rather have Elizabeth Warren. Because she'll be so far left, we'll be able to raise money. We'll do fundraising letters. We'll be able to build our base. But you guys never do that. You guys never do it. You say that's what you're going to do, but then you don't do it. So Scott Brown lost because the Tea Party stayed home. Because he was for abortion in the first trimester. And now you've got Elizabeth Warren, who's so far to the left, she agrees with you 0% of the time. You had a guy that agreed with you 60% of the time, and you threw him under the bus because he wasn't with you 100% of the time, and you ended up with someone who's with you 0% of the time. And you're happy with that. 
That means we need a change in leadership. If you're happy with that, that means you need a change of leadership. By the way, one of the reasons I left the Republican Party is this exact nonsense I'm talking about right now. Then we had Richard Tessay, who ran for Congress. He's an openly gay man uh, married to a gay man, right? Tea Party Republican. He ran as a Republican, fiscal conservative. Tea Party stayed home. Republicans wouldn't, wouldn't support him. The Republican Party would not support him. You guys on the far right are so fucking obsessed with abortion that it clouds everything that you do. And by the way, the people on the far left are the exact same way. They're the exact same batshit crazy as the far right, except they're so, they're so, so obsessed with abortion. They want abortion after birth. And I'm, that's not an exaggeration. You know, when I say abortion on demand up to third grade, I'm really kind of exaggerating because the National Abortion Rights Action League has actually taken a position that if an abortion doctor tries to perform an abortion and the baby is born anyway because he fails... They want the doctor to be able to kill the baby after birth. That's not a lie. That's not an exaggeration. That's actually true. That's where Elizabeth Warren is. That's where John Tierney was. But Richard say ran against John Tierney in Haver for, for Congress, and he lost because the Republicans wouldn't support him. They wouldn't sign off on mailings. They wouldn't make donations, and they stayed the hell home. And we got John Tierney. How did that work out for you? How did it work out? And you didn't want Chris Doty because Chris Doty was for abortion. And now you got Maura Healy, who, if she could, would fucking walk into the abortion center herself and perform the abortion herself. That's how pro-abortion she is. So you guys on the far right, I agree with you on abortion 100%. But it can't be your only issue. When I asked, when I asked left-wing Democrat Senator Katie Ives, who was a friend of mine, to come to a Tea Party meeting one night and talk about how she was trying to spearhead putting photo ID on welfare cards to cut down on welfare fraud. That's something that the Republicans have said for, for decades that they wanted. But they wouldn't let her speak. You know why? She's for abortion. It's exactly what Ted Tripp told me. She can't speak because she's for abortion. So wait a minute. She's not here to talk about abortion. She's here to talk about putting photo ID on welfare cards to stop welfare fraud, something you guys have been crying about for the last two decades. And you're not going to let her speak because she also happens to be for abortion? Are you fucking kidding me? And by the way, when I walked out of that meeting was the day I decided to leave the Republican Party. That was the day that I said I was done. You either care about the issues you say you care about or you only care about abortion. And apparently the far left and the far right only care about abortion. So I think we have to change James Carville's famous saying, which was, it's the economy stupid. Because it's no longer the economy stupid, it's the abortion stupid. You look at what happened in New Hampshire. Let's take a look at the Maggie Hassan race against, John, against uh, Don Bulldog. Don Bulldog should have easily walked away with that election. He should have decimated Maggie Hassan. She's one of the most vile human beings you'll ever meet in your life. She actually had a commercial where she exploited her special needs child and put her special needs child in her political uh, commercial to gain political power. She's just a disgusting human being. She should have lost that election by 20 points. But abortion, and here's the funny thing, people in New Hampshire are so stupid that they voted for her because of abortion, but the Supreme Court has already ruled that the federal government can't have anything to say about abortion. That it goes back to the states. So everybody that voted for a congressman, everybody that voted for a United States senator, based on the abortion issue, you wasted your vote. Outright wasted your vote. Because yes, Lindsey Graham, the idiot from, I think he's from North Carolina or South Carolina, he can submit all of the federal abortion ban bills that he wants in the House and the Senate. 
And even if they pass and the president signs it, the Supreme Court's going to rule it unconstitutional because they've already ruled it goes back to the states. It's not for the federal government to decide. That's what, that's what the overturning of Roe v. Wade said. It returned democracy back to the states. So Don Bulldog wouldn't have had any say whatsoever, even if he was lying about his position on pro-life. Uh, even if he was 100%, even if he agreed with me and didn't even make exceptions for rape and incest, it wouldn't have mattered. He won't have a say. He won't get a vote. And if he gets a vote, it'll get overturned. It doesn't matter. But the Democrats know how stupid you are. And the media knows how stupid you are. That you don't look these things up yourself. You just listen to what you hear and you believe it. And they just ran around for the last three months and said abortion, 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 abortion. And all of you people in New Hampshire who love to kill your baby said, yep, sure, we're in. Forget the fact that I'm paying almost $5 for gas. Forget the fact that I'm paying twice as much for my groceries. Forget the fact that they want drag queens to talk to my kindergarten kid in class about sex. Forget the fact that teachers are taking kids for gender reassignment surgery behind their parents' backs. We're okay with all of that as long as we can kill our kids. That's what you said in New Hampshire, and that's what you said in Massachusetts. And the funny thing is, none of it mattered. The Democrats tricked you into looking away from the illegal alien crisis, the, the, the uh, gas prices, the economy. They got you to look away from all the things that they failed at, and, got, and, and they triggered you. They triggered you with the emotional word abortion. And you fell for it. Everyone is, you fell for it. And it really is a sad state of, 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 of the country right now. Although, I have to say, the Republicans did run the table in Congress. And they're pretty much running the table in the Senate. And that's good, because it restores the balance of power in Washington, D.C. It was horrible when Donald Trump had both houses of Congress. When the Republicans had all three houses, it was horrible. Nothing got done, even though one party controlled everything. Up until last week, we had... The other party now controlling everything for the last two years, and it was horrible. Look at the crap, look at the stupid shit that they're doing. Leaving the border open, letting millions of people come in. We have no idea who they are. They could be terrorists, they could be child molesters. We have no clue. They could have COVID 19. Doesn't matter. We just let them in. Then we ship them all over the country. You guys looked away from all of that because of abortion. Abortion, 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 abortion. And the sick thing is that only at the local level would it matter. Now, during the debate last week, we had Adrian Ramos and Joe Finn. Abortion was the big issue because now it's no longer a federal issue. Now it really is up to the states, which means your state representatives will have a say. Joe Finn came in and said, I don't have any intention on changing the abortion law. But then at the end, he said something that was, I wish I wasn't so stuffed up so I could finish this. Uh, at the end, he, he, he said something after Adrian Ramos said that she was for abortion on demand up until the moment of birth, which horrifies me, by the way, should horrify you too. Joe Finn said, wow, wow, talk about transparency. I'm not for abortion anywhere, anytime, anyplace. What he didn't say was, I'm against abortion anywhere, anytime, anyplace. But Adrian Ramos's campaign people took his quote and blasted it all over Facebook. Joe Finn, I'm not for abortion anywhere, anytime, anyplace to make it look like he was against abortion for any reason, which is not what he said, which was not his message. But the Ramos people knew they were smarter than I was. I didn't think the abortion thing was even going to matter in that race. It did. It absolutely did. And they knew it. They knew what I didn't know. Abortion triggers stupid people. 
All you got to do is talk about abortion and then just do whatever you want. They'll dance on their head. They'll recite poetry. They'll cluck like a chicken. Just say the word abortion and you got it. And they did. And Adrian Ramos swamped him. She started campaigning three weeks before the election. I didn't even know what she looked like until three weeks before the election. And I'm a media guy. Joe Fink campaigned from April until election day. And he got trounced. So it's not the economy, stupid. It's the abortion, stupid. All right, we got about five minutes left, and I, I absolutely want to get to this. Uh, our good friend, State Senator Diana DiZaglio from Methuen, and I couldn't be happier for her. God bless you, Diana. She had the entire Democrat Party try to stop her from winning her primary as she ran for state auditor. She had all of Maura Healy's people screwing her. She had Elizabeth Warren's people screwing her. She had the entire apparatus of Beacon Hill screwing her. They all got behind this guy, Dempsey, that ran against her in the primary. In fact, she lost at the, at the Democrat state convention over the summer. Dempsey beat her at the convention. Not by a lot, but he still beat her. And then she beat him in the primary. And now she has the entire Democrat Party, Elizabeth Warren, Maura Healey, Kim Driscoll's entire campaign apparatus. All of these Democrats did not want Diana to win. And she also had the Republican Party. She had Anthony Amore. She had the log cabin Republicans calling her a homophobe. And on top of all that, you had the Boston Globe throwing shots at her and Governor Charlie Baker. She outworked and she outperformed all of them. She put it all aside. She didn't answer any of the bogus accusations. She didn't get down in the weeds with, with, with any of these people and the homophobe bullshit or any of that other stuff. She just kept outworking and outperforming, hitting the doors, driving all over the state, meeting with people, getting it done. Not only did she win on election night, uh, as of right now, because they're still counting votes, but they're almost done, she's got 1.26 million votes to Anthony Mori's 877,000 votes. She destroyed this guy. She destroyed him. She destroyed him worse than Maura Healy destroyed Jeff Deal. And she had everyone against her. So now people like me, after watching all of this, are sitting back saying, what did they have to hide? What were they so freaked out about over the thought of Diana DiZaglio being the state auditor. And I think we know what the answer is. We don't know the particulars, but we know that over the last four years, there's been a lot of bullshit going on in Massachusetts. There's a lot of corruption in state government. Charlie Baker didn't want Diana DiZaglio coming in and exposing the corruption under his administration, so he personally hand-recruited Anthony Amore to run against her. Anthony Amore wasn't even going to run. He got recruited by Charlie Baker. She had the entire Republican Party against her. You had the media against her, which is bizarre because I've never seen the media culminate around a Republican in Massachusetts ever, but they did. She had her own party patting her on the back and getting in selfies on Facebook, but then sticking a knife in her back the minute the camera was gone because they're afraid of what she's going to un un uh, unveil over the next two years. And all I can say is, God bless you, Diana. Just remember who your friends were before you started this. Remember the people that stabbed you in the back along the way and are now kissing your ass and putting their arms around you in Facebook selfie photos. Because none of those people are your friends. Those are the people, the people closest to you, people who have wormed their way to be close to you in the last three weeks of this election. Those are the people who have the most to hide. Those are the people that have the most to fear. Look at them first. And I have a feeling 
she's going to do that. I've got about less than a minute left. Let's see if I missed anything. Um, I know we I know we missed talking about the sponsors. I'll do that in a second. Um, Colleen Gary versus George Bogue. We had a debate here two weeks ago. Um, Drake and Tingsboro, that's a very conservative district. Colleen Gary was the only Democrat that won in the Tingsboro Drake uh, uh, district. Jeff Deal won that district. Anthony Mori beat Diana DiZaglio in that district. Every single Republican won that district except George Bogue. And the reason is she said it here. She said, I'm a pro life conservative Democrat. And because I'm a pro life conservative Democrat, leadership won't give me a committee assignment, they won't give me any leadership positions which means I don't make any more money. And she said, the reason I do that is because that's what my district wants me to do. And so I love George Bogue. He's a good guy. I think he'd be a great state representative someday. But you can't out-conservative a conservative Democrat in Massachusetts just the way that it is, and he ended up losing. All right, um, I had a whole bunch of other stuff I wanted to get to. What we're going to do next week, next week I'm going to come in. I may have a, uh, a guest, but what I will do is I'm going to, next week we're going to talk about how much money did all of these candidates spend? How much did they raise? How much did they spend? You know, Barry Feingold has like $300,000 in the bank, and his job pays like eighty grand a year. So we're going to go through all of that stuff and, and see who's contributing, who's, who's giving money to who that you wouldn't expect, who's raising more money, who spent more money, where did the money come from. I think that's always a good show. Um, thank you, Chrissy. I guess you could roll up uh, Melvin Taylor. I'm going to go and go to bed. I can't. we got to... Got a meeting with the mayor's office. Crap. All right. Let's pull up our sponsors. Excuse me. Sorry for doing that live. Uh, McClendon Real Estate, Century 21. I'm going to have Matt in here to talk about the um, real estate situation. It is changing. Lazy River Products and Drake get great cannabis. Best prices around. Marsane and Sun Construction. EIS. Investigation and gun training. And they also do security if you've got a business that needs security. Uh, Borelli's Deli, where I wish I could go after the show, but I can't, but I'll do it tomorrow. Tobo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans, New England, AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Dave Id Consoli, our good buddy, and a free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. I actually will stop and get an ice cream on my way out. Thank you, Chrissy. I didn't thank you last week during the debate. You did a great job during the debate. And thank you for. Oh, you're uh, welcome. You've thanked me twice today, so it I makes up for it. You yeah. can talk more if you want all the way to the end. <laughs> I love her voice. Just keep doing this until. Yeah. All right. You want me to say it this way? Yeah. Sounds like Melvin Taylor's telling you all to go home, so go home already. Excellent. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.